0: Dr. Jeremy here. Welcome to Teach. Really excited about today's episode. I had the opportunity to catch up with fellow PackRip Media contributor Chris Otis. And uh, he did a piece uh, in his blog about a $5,000 and an NBA Top Shot shopping spree, what he would get. And so we walk through those selections. We talk about the EV minus throwdowns uh, set a little bit, and then we wrap up. So I'm really excited to get into this week's episode with Chris Otis, I have some great episodes coming up. I'm gonna be speaking with Micah Johnson uh, later this afternoon and, and we're gonna get into Aku. Um, I anticipate this will be my longest episode I've ever done because I have so many questions and I wanna learn so much from uh, the great work that Micah's doing. And then I'll be uh, recording an uh, in-person episode with at Desert Mentor this evening. So lots of good stuff coming your way from NFTeach. And uh, without further ado, let's get into it with my man, Chris Obis. I am joined today by my very special guest and fellow Pac Rip Media contributor, Chris Otis, coming all the way from Vietnam. Chris, how are you today?
1: I am fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on, man.
0: Oh man, it's really exciting to have you on. Um, I had been uh, previous to you, us joining Pack Rip Media, seeing you tweet for a while. And in um, interacting with you that way. But the same question that I always ask everyone when they come on is is how did you get into NFTs? What was your sort of journey into this strange metaverse?
1: OK, well, I have the same story as I think a lot of people who joined in Top Shot. Um, I had seen some stuff posted around Twitter, maybe around January or so. And I think I saw something like somebody like, oh, somebody bought my John Collins highlight. I was like, what on earth are they talking about? Um, I thought, okay, that's cool. I should look into that. Top shot, whatever. Sounds pretty cool. But then I never did. Um, But then about a month later around maybe February, I think 24th, I think was my join day. Uh, I saw a bunch of articles get released at the same time. I think like Forbes and Bleacher Report, The Athletic, like a bunch of people dropped pieces around the same uh, same day, basically, around that time. And I think I got about a paragraph into one of them. I can't remember which one it was. And I got about a paragraph in and I was like, okay, this is amazing. I need to get in on this like right away. This sounds like the coolest thing ever. Um, I Growing up, I was a huge like, you know, trading card, cardboard person, um, you know, started with Pokemon cards when I was like six or seven. And then my dad got me into sports cards. So this kind of seemed like a very natural next step for me. And yeah, I immediately jumped in. And this was, as you know, the end of February, things were rising like crazy. And the market was going crazy. I got, I got sucked in so quick. And at first I was like, okay, I'm not going to put much money into this, maybe like 40, 50 bucks and see what, see what happens. And I my first purchase, I overpaid for a taco fall moment because I thought number ninety eight ninety eight was close enough to his Jersey number that it was worth the extra premium that someone was asking for it. And yeah, uh, that was, that was a poor decision, but because the market was going so crazy, I ended up making money on it anyway. So it was, so kind I guess of it wasn't ride a since then.
0: It wasn't a poor decision after all. No, yeah, I, I, mean, I think my, out, but. my, my joint date I think was the 27th. So I think I'm like, right right there with you it was like seeing stars was the uh the entry point for me mm-hmm. uh, and and then so what led you from collector to content creator what was the sort of uh, path that made you get into this idea of creating content around top shot specifically
1: yeah i i don't remember exactly at what point i was like i think i could make something here Um, but I've always enjoyed writing and during this kind of COVID time, I've gone back to that a little bit and I started doing my own stuff on medium, like a year and a half ago. And I thought maybe I could write about this. I don't see many people doing writing stuff. Um, at least at that time, I saw a lot of like video creators, but there wasn't a lot of people doing writing and I thought, okay, maybe I can do something here. This seems like maybe my niche, this is something I can, I can take on and create like a a space for myself in this community. Um, and I'm really glad I did. It's, it's definitely taken off a lot more than I had ever expected it to. Not that, not that I'm like a huge heavy hitter in the space or anything, but I never imagined that I'd be closing in on 2000 followers and, you know, being an OG member of this you know, really exciting project we have going with Packard Media. So definitely has all worked out for me so far. I'm really, really happy about it.
0: Yeah. it It's funny. I, used to podcast about education for years. I was an education podcaster and um, the, I, it's funny to see that the like listens per episode be so much higher in a very short period of time for this podcast than what I was doing in education previously so there is something about like planting your flag on the ground so early in this space that is kind of exciting and 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 it you know it kind of encourages you to create, content and and to get started. And and to your point about Packrip Media, that's kind of exactly how I felt. Um, Everyone who was involved was someone I was already at least familiar with and seemed like a really great idea. So one of the pieces that you published under Packrip Media was the Otis Top Shot imaginary shopping spree, $5,000 edition. Why don't you talk about the inspiration behind that article specifically, and then we'll jump into some of the details.
1: Yeah, sure thing. So this is kind of the second one I've done Um, along these lines. So I a couple months ago, the end of May, I was kind of running out of ideas for things to write about on my Substack, And I I don't know what made me think of it. But I just kind of had a flash of inspiration. I was like, what if I had $1,000, and I could buy whatever I want? What What would I actually purchase? And maybe I can kind of walk through that with people and and, you know, see if it becomes a pretty cool piece. Um, but of course, I had to give myself some limitations so that I don't just spend like $980 on one moment and then buy 10 $2 moments, right? Because that's, that's no fun for people to read. So, gave myself some limitations and I thought maybe I'll, I'll circle back to that in the future. Um, so, with PackRip Media launching this week, I thought what you know, better time than now to kind of circle back to that idea, raise the stakes a bit, and make it five grand instead of one. And, you know, especially seeing that we're at the off season now, and I'm curious to see like what the market is going to look like over the next few months. I think it was a cool time to do this. So it's something that we can all revisit and see just how things fared over the next few months. You know, we have the the prices of each moment that I hypothetically would purchase with this five grand, and we can see what happens. So I thought, you know, those two things at the same time being the first week week of Packer Media, as well as the first week of the off season, it seemed like a cool time to do it again.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny. It's like you know that five thousand now what it could get you compared to when you were writing the one thousand dollar article is probably a pretty big difference. So it is funny that like definitely. look at it, look at it within like this sort of micro level of at this point in time at the end of this season, the end of series two, um, what you can get. So let's go through the moments that you you chose. Uh, sure, yeah, let's do it. it First, one you went with was the uh, Carmelo run it back. Hard to argue with this one. Um, what was your sort of rationale on, and what drew you to that moment specifically?
1: So, if I remember correctly, I was I was trying to look into this range of about two grand to twenty five hundred. Since the the limit that I set for myself for one single moment was two thousand five hundred, so that way I couldn't just blow everything right away. Um, you know, it is still quite a big chunk of that five grand. So I wanted to look into that range because I feel like if I really did have five grand to blow on top shot, this is my thinking. This is what I would be thinking first. Like I need something that's really, really, really good that I'm excited about and will, you know, want to show off in my collection for years, you know? And in that range, there were a few good options, like a couple of really good LeBrons, his S1 base debut. Um, there was a finals rare. And I was looking at the Jason Tatum hollow icon from this year since Tatum is my favorite player. I'm a huge Celtics fan. Um, But in the end, I don't think you can argue against the Carmelo run it back just because of how special a moment that is with him breaking the Madison Square Garden scoring record. And it's such a low limited mint count. And compared to some of the other run it back moments where people are kind of worried about like the historic players, the guys who are not in the league now, um, the value might take a hit if we get a common moment of like Dirk Nowitzki or something right but with Melo we already have that so i feel like the value is already kind of set with Melo and there's less of a risk than with some of the other guys that are retired players already if that makes any sense um, so with all of those kind of factors considered like it's just it just seemed like the best option for me and it's something like if i had writ 5 grand for real i would definitely buy this like 100% like no, no nonsense with this just for the article. This is really what I would do.
0: Well, and when, when I was reading, to be honest, the first thing I thought of was like, oh my God, there's a huge chunk. I mean, there's almost half of the budget gone. And it made me really interested to see what your the rest of your moments were going to be and if you were going to run out of money. So <laughs> um, I, I don't think you could go wrong with that as your starting place in terms of if you had this this $5,000 budget, um, run it back series is of particular interest to me as a massive Bulls fan. I'm, I'm, I, I'm like tormenting myself on on if and when I should get the Jimmy Butler run it back moment. And now that it's uh, it's around, I think nine under a thousand dollars now. It's like nine hundred and ninety or something. Um, I think like I'm just continually hoping that both a rake back is coming and um, the dip continues a little bit longer so I could get it to steal. So no, I think spot on with that one. I mean, I definitely think that's a, a, a solid first one to start with. And then you moved on to pick two, um, which was James Harden, series one, and it was his debut moment. What drew mm-hmm. you to that moment?
1: So yeah, my logic with this one, like you said, I kind of blew a huge chunk of change with that first moment, right? So in order to save myself from running out of money and being able to continue with the parameters I set myself, which was, I can't spend less than 500 on a single moment. Um, I had to kind of dial it back a little bit here. I could have spent, let me see, mathematically like 1200 or so um, to keep it within the rules, but Hardens was only 900. And my thinking here is just kind of like the girl dad philosophy to collecting a top shot. Like, Superstar, TS debut, and then you go down the list, right? Um, so I feel like Harden's a superstar. He's one of the best scorers of the generation. Um, he's going to be a Hall of Famer the second he's eligible, right? So his debut, especially seeing that he's on the Nets now and has a, like, a really good chance at winning a title or more than one title over the next couple of years if they can all stay healthy and um, you know play together, I think it's for the price quite a good deal in that range. I mean, at least assuming that the market doesn't completely tank at some point in the future or something, right? But I feel like relative to the other moments that were in that price range, it was a really, really solid uh, choice. I think the other ones I was looking at here were like hollow icon stuff. Um, but uh, if I'm going to spend a lot of money on a hollow icon, I'm going to want it to be a superstar rather than just some kind of random player, you know?
0: Yeah, and with this one, I think uh, take I think like your rationale and why you think it'll hold value or make more money and and grow, appreciate with time makes total sense. What's your sort of take on James Harden, the player? Forget the top shot value and 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 him as a as a likely Hall of Famer. Like what? What when you look at his game? How do you feel as an NBA fan about his game in particular?
1: He's a pain in the ass. I, I mean, I appreciate what he does and how talented he is. And I think if he played for my team, I would love him a lot more, but I personally really can't stand watching him just because of the, the foul hunting and the the dribble for, for 15 seconds and then chuck up a three and somehow it goes in kind of play style, you know, um, it's just not necessarily beautiful, pretty basketball. That's really exciting to watch, but at the same time it, it works. And like I said, if he was on my team, I'd probably love him for it. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm the biggest James Harden fan. I think at the moment I don't even have any James Harden in my collection just because I I have a hard time buying even the cheap moments of players I don't really like. So I don't have a Durant right now either. Um so same kind of thing.
0: I feel like with James Harden, like when you have somebody on a max contract, they have to if they're going to be uh, a one-way player, like they're not really giving you much on the defensive end, like they have to be like a hell of a scorer. Like they have to be mm-hmm. an elite offensive weapon. And I feel like that's where he falls. And and like when I put this in the context of the Bulls, I would contrast it with saying that I think Zach needs Zach Levine needs to play better defense because he's not that elite of a scorer. Um, in 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 contrast, so great second pick. Um, and I'm I was to be honest, I was really shocked that that was the top shot debut price for him that was surprising it's
1: crazy i think if we went back and like i mean i'll i can quickly pull it up here and see um what that went for just a couple months ago I, i guess apparently i bought it for 915 i just pulled up the link now and now it's 849 is the low ask so we've already dropped 60 bucks we're not doing great here um but let me pull up with the... How many are being market.
0: sold at the moment right now? Just at the curiosity. moment,
1: we have 45 for sale. And then we have 392 not for sale. And then 563 unavailable for purchase. So does that mean these are going to be in the kind of trade ticket packs that we're going to have I to would think so.
0: I would think that's that that's a crazy. Cra- I know.
1: That is really... Cr- it's just a mint size of a thousand. I thought they would have distributed all of these already.
0: It's interesting that to, to when you we start talking about what in season one is still available I, I would love to understand if it what was the sort of nuance into making those decisions and how that works
1: yeah it's it's something I'd definitely like to go back and hear more about all right, so let me see the evaluate market just look at the the bottom half of the cereals because only yeah only cereal up to from two fifty to five hundred has been distributed the other five hundred apparently have not been distributed yet, which is nuts um it looks like it peaked around four grand for the lower end cereals in march so now you can get it for about 850.
0: i mean when you put it that way i would say it's even a more compelling argument that that's a, a great value moment because if you have those lower cereals that are still available you know what i mean you would expect that the floor probably will will go up quite a bit for this moment then
1: yeah absolutely
0: third moment you chose was my favorite of the moments that you chose in this article um just because i'm such a big fan and and i remember when i first got into top shot getting one of his moments uh was one of the most important like like immediate purchases i wanted to do i wanted his 40k mint uh, moment ASAP. And we're talking mm-hmm. about none other than Anthony Edwards. And and the uh, specific moment you chose was his season two Rising Stars Challenger Award. So why don't you walk us through that one?
1: I mean, it's it's the dunk of the year, right? Up until, I guess, the finals, uh, Giannis Eliou. This this was crazy. Um, but for me, like, yeah, Anthony Edwards is cool. He's a, he's a great young player. And I think he, he took a lot more flack to start the season than he really deserved because... He's young. He's a rookie. He, and people knew coming in, like basketball people knew coming in, he was going to struggle a bit. Um, but I think that he does have a super bright future. And for the moment itself, I mean, he murdered Yuta Watanabe on tape. We all saw it. We all saw it happen. It's incredible. Um, one of the best dunks I've ever seen in my life. And I think specifically for Top Shot, This is a really, really cool moment, just because of at least from the best of my memory, was the first time everyone kind of came together on Twitter and Discord and just was like demanding Top Shot this, like we need this moment on the platform as soon as possible. This is crazy. Um, So I had mentioned in the piece that it gave rise to the the NBA Top Shot this hashtag and. I don't remember if that's exactly 100% correct, but I don't really care because in my mind, this is really what did that, you know, where we all kind of came together and we're like, we need this. We need this on the platform. We need it as soon as possible. Make it happen. And I think it kind of represents a turning point in the, the history of the Top Shot community and how we can interact with the game and with the Top Shot platform in a different way as fans because we can see something and say, I want that. Um, and this is like a historical point, I think for top shot because of that too.
0: Yeah, you know, and the other big rookie in series two that everyone wanted to get their hands on and still wants to get their hands on is, is LaMelo, right? Mm-hmm. But the LaMelo 40 K moment, his, um, I don't think it's his debut. It's, it's just a four, the, the, the kind of lowest ask moment for him is such a boring moment like it yeah. so in contrast this is like you know i would say that the lamello 40k uh common moment is sort of like driving on country roads and this is driving on the autobahn this is like full gas anthony edwards just destroying someone and uh, i'm here for that 100 percent.
1: totally yeah I've, if i really did have five grand i'm not sure if i would buy the hardened one i think for the piece it works nicely because of the value thing um but the mellow run it back and this would 100 be on my real shopping list that i would i would buy
0: well speaking of that i would say that your next choice would have been on my real shopping list too because other than anthony edwards the other player that i wanted as much of and i still do because every single moment that this player puts out is always just it's just good. Like Amazing. He doesn't have a boring moment, and that's Ja Morant. And you chose his Series 2 MGLE, um, which was about 530 bucks at the time of writing. So what was your rationale on Ja? And are you bullish on him overall uh, beyond just this moment from him in particular? How do you feel about his moments in terms of where they sit long term?
1: Okay. So, yeah, I mean – I'll just start off by saying, Ja is genuinely one of my favorite players in the league. I think if I were to make a list of favorite non-Celtic players, Dame would be number one, and Ja would be number two. Um, I love watching him play, and like ever since like last year, his rookie year, it's he's been one of my favorite guys to watch. So with this moment in particular, um, in regards to like the article and the rules I set for myself, I didn't really have a lot of choice here because I didn't have a lot of money left. I had. About $1,067 to spend on two moments with none of them being cheaper than 500 So I had a really small range to work with. So when I pulled up kind of that range in the marketplace and I saw Jaws S2 MGLE, I was like, damn, this is perfect. Like, I need this. This, this is 100% what I would buy if we were really doing this. And I, I had these rules to follow. Um, I mean, the moment's beautiful. It's a self alley and he makes it look so effortless, just like he makes everything look so smooth and effortless, like he's floating through the air. Um, so yeah, it's it's an incredible moment. My one thing with MGOEs that I kind of feel weird about long term is that there's going to be a lot of them. Even though they are a low min count, they're just, you know, last year was 300 in S1 or 299, and then this year 499. Let's say next year, hypothetically, they make them 899 or 999 or something, right? Um, there's still not a lot of them, but MGLE is kind of like the flagship rare set. So unless Top Shot pivots away from that for whatever reason, which I don't really see them doing, there's going to be a lot of them. So someone like Ja is probably going to end up with 15 MGLEs by the time all things are said and done, you know? Um, so I'm worried a little bit about that, but in general... I mean, I'm trying to follow the rule of collect what you love, right? And I love Ja, and it's a beautiful moment, and it's an M.G. Lee, which is still really cool, and you get the whole collector score boost from a rare moment and all of that. Um, So that's kind of why I chose to go with this. And in general, Ja, I think, is going to win an MVP in the NBA. I would be shocked if he doesn't at some point in the next five or six years win an MVP or two. I think he's really, really that good. Um, though I think because of that, he really has a great long-term outlook. So long as his knees don't kind of pull a Derek Rose on us, not to help pull up a source oh, so his history, <laughs> but that's my one concern with him just because of how he plays. He's, you know? he's
0: so explosive that, yeah, I, I totally get that sort and of injury frail
1: too, like, not, not like frail is the wrong word, but he's, he's tiny. Like
0: I mean, I I feel like D Rose was built much more solid and yeah. and broader than than Jha was. Like I I felt like when before injuries, when D Rose would go to the rim, I wasn't really worried for him. Where Jaw does look uh, more slender, less strong, and and he doesn't
1: know and, how to land properly. No, he lands like hor- like in a horrifying way, like every game at least once. And I I just you know his career flashes before my eyes every time, but.
0: It's almost in as general, he doesn't re, he doesn't realize that he's gonna have to land when he leaps. Yeah, exactly. Like he's just so explosive that he's you know one second he's shooting off to the moon and then he has to actually try to figure out how to land his body. Uh, yeah, it's like so he surprises
1: he, himself every time.
0: I'm I'm worried a little bit about an oversaturation for his moments in particular uh, with Ja specifically. Like I feel like he's kind of in that Giannis camp where there's just a lot there's a lot of
1: that is uh, true
0: series two common moments for him in particular so i i think that they'll probably try to be a little bit more judicious because to your point around balancing out his career i think that's going to be something that top shot probably is having more front of mind as this product evolves and goes into series three and beyond
1: 100 percent, and i think they've alluded to that with uh you know, office hours and the, the roadmap and stuff. I've, I've seen little tidbits here and there that kind of make it seem like they've got that in mind and they're going to have a set limit on the number of plays they can have per season per player. Um, but I mean, I one of my bigger purchases on Top Shot has been the John Morant throwdowns that I bought a couple of weeks back. Um, so I putting my money where my mouth is on this one a little bit. And how much is that going?
0: Was that going for when you bought it? The uh, I John think I got it for down. the
1: low ask. I think it was one thirty seven. It had been floating between about 130 and 150 for the last probably like six or eight weeks, um, maybe four to six weeks and I don't know I, I finally was just like, okay, I've had enough waiting. I need to do this. I was sitting with like 400 bucks in dapper in my in my wallet for like three or four weeks and it's like I, I need to do it. I've been looking at this for too long.
0: Yeah, I, I think that would be uh, that's a moment that I want. People really and you wrote a piece about throwdowns too. Um people were really uh, sort of um negative around that set in particular, but I, I think um it, it's, it is starting to appreciate a little bit in terms of where it sits in the uh, top shot Pantheon.
1: Totally. Yeah. If if we've got time after I, I, I'm fine circling back to that piece too, just because I, I feel like I've got some things to say about throwdowns. Yeah.
0: Let's, let's do that. And then let's go, let's go to your last moment and then we'll jump into that, which is cool. Rui Hashimura. Uh, season or series one mgle top shot debut this one was a surprise to me uh that i did not expect (laughs) yeah so so why don't you take us through
1: so what happened here is like i kind of like if you read the piece i alluded in the beginning to it like i might paint myself into a corner where i have to make a decision i'm not happy with um and as much as i i think rui is a good young player and i think of course MGLEs are great um it's his top shot debut and you know he could turn into a really good player at some point down the line. I don't think he has like star potential necessarily, but I think he could be a good player in the NBA for a long time. Um, and it's a rookie moment; it's a rookie MGL debut. That's pretty cool. But obviously, if I have five hundred bucks to spend, I'm probably going to lean a lot closer towards buying a superstar. But the issue I ran into here is the two moments I really wanted. With the parameters I set for myself, which was I have to buy for low ask, and I can't like spend less than five hundred dollars, and I can't go over the five grand in total. Um, I, the two things I wanted, which primarily was Jason Tatum's top shot debut, the low ask was listed for four ninety nine. So I was kind of going back and forth in my head as I was writing this. Was like, do I just say, okay, screw it, I'm going to break the rules here, and then. Um, just, just take that one but I thought it would be a more interesting piece to read if I stuck to the rules perfectly the whole time so whoever you are blockchain galaxy brain thank you for screwing up the end of my list by listing your uh, Jason Tatum debut for four ninety nine dollars instead of $500 you undercut somebody by $21 for no reason and you ruined my piece
0: Yeah, um, oh, and the other one
1: I wanted was the Bradley Peel S1 MGLE uh, and it's a TS debut too, um, and Beal's Beal's a star player, so I would have felt a little bit better about that. But that was there for five forty, and it would have put me three dollars over budget, so couldn't do it. You followed
0: your own rules. You could have fudged it. No, I
1: could have no. fudged it, but I I wanted to do this it is, right. You know,
0: this is why you are part of the rip Media team. It is your high integrity, Chris. Yeah, and I was going to say, just let it be known
1: from now on, I am a man of integrity.
0: Absolutely. Um, so, okay, you want to circle back to throwdowns and talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so, the whole thing with throwdowns for me—if let me let me quickly pull that up to refresh my memory and exactly what I was saying um, but the whole thing with throwdowns for me that's kind of frustrated me to this point. Like, there are definitely issues with it, right? There was maybe the min mince size was too high. Maybe we didn't need you know eighteen hundred of each moment. A little lower would have been cool. Um, But whatever, let's say the min size is fine. We didn't need like 45 of these things, you know? Um, Nobody was really asking for an Edmund Sumner rare moment or a Terrence Davis rare moment. I don't think anyone was asking for these things. So it was kind of something that I think Top Shot will probably look back on in the future, like when it comes to these rare drops, be really careful about who you include and why and how much you include. Um, but the thing that kind of was irking me and led me to writing the piece it's called It's Time to Forgive the Throwdowns Packs. I really, truly feel like the anger about the drop and the anger about just how everything went with this, the fact that it was the first pack that was negative EV in a really, really long time, and people lost money on it, um, that kind of negative sentiment was really hurting the value of these things. Nobody wanted to buy them except for that, that group of collectors, the Wolfpack, who really, 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 really loves throwdowns for whatever reason, and they collect all of them. Outside of that group, nobody wants these things, and that sucks because they're really, really cool moments. Um, dunks are awesome. Dunks are the best part of basketball, and these are a collection of great dunks, a lot of really, really good players. There's some superstars in here. There are some really good young players in here and i just think like in general these should be valued better relative to the other moments on the platform than they currently are and i think it's because of the negative sentiment around them around the drop that happens that's kind of suppressing it so people are kind of you know holding their own bag for no reason by flooding these moments is what my main point i was trying to get at is
0: yeah you know it was the first rare pack that i got was thrown out so 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 for me i was just excited that i finally was able to get in the queue and land a rare pack so i, I didn't have any sort of um bad feelings about the pack being ev negative but w- what i do think is that that pack was the first sort of domino in the are you here to collect or are you here to invest um, fork in the road that has just sort of gotten wider? Right. I, I did an episode with uh, my favorite Chicago radio icon, Danny Parkins. And one of the things that he is a big gambler as well as a a sports talk radio personality. And he said that it, it was pretty much at, at the throwdowns point where, for him, it just, he he stopped putting more money into Top Shot because it mm-hmm. wasn't about collecting for him. And I think that that sort of sussed out. And I, again, I don't have any p- issue with people who are like day trading NFTs. I think that's one aspect of the sort of NFT space that, I mean, all of the different types of people and collectors and investors that that make up the space make it what it is. But I do think that was sort of the first domino of like, um, you know, this isn't just going to be a get rich quick scheme. So if you're in it purely only for getting a quick buck, um, this isn't going to be the the product for you.
1: 100% agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and I do wonder, uh, sort of where you view top shot currently. So I, I did, the first episode of Pardon the Gas with um, Vivek and Pack Rip, And one of the things that I asked them was on, on a 100-point scale to tell me where your collector score sentiment is with Top Shot right now. Vivek was surprisingly high you know, compared to what I usually read in his threads, right? So, Chris, yeah, where would you put for that Top Shot right now?
1: It's an interesting one. Um, I would say probably about... 90 is what i would give it i think i'm really really bullish about everything um i did i listened to that that podcast this morning um with vivek and and mr mr ewing there um and i kind of agree with a lot of what, what they were saying and if for me i think i would have been a little bit more negative a month or two ago but i'm I, I'm pretty open about how I feel about things. What I say on Twitter and me kind of being Mr. Sunshine and Rainbows, as I call it sometimes, is is real. Um, I'm not trying to like pump anything. I'm not trying to mislead anybody or try to get more people to sign up so like so they they can buy my stuff and I make more money. I genuinely do see the long term vision that Top Shot and and Roham and Dapper and you know the whole crew kind of keep alluding to and pushing um, and. Packrip tweeted something the other day, and I think it was just a quick reply to somebody, but it was something along the lines of, if you don't see the vision now, you're not paying attention, or something along those lines, and I totally agree with that. Um, There were a lot of mistakes that were made, but at the same time, I know it's been beaten to death, but this is beta. That's the entire point of this experiment, is to make mistakes, break things, and then fix them and given where things were at in february and march where yeah count values were awesome um but the site kind of sucked and it was down three or four times a week there were delays on every pack drop and you know there were just problems all around. And my account was getting locked multiple times a week just because I happened to be, well, my theory is because I'm accessing it from a country that was kind of confusing the system.
0: It was the same for me. I I think I had six times or seven times um, where it for no reason was just sort of locking me out. So yeah, I think it must be an international thing.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it was just because it was an international thing and accessing it from a place that was unexpected and the system was flagging it. Um, because I tried to follow everything perfectly, you know, uh, no, no VPNs with it and, you know, don't try to get, you know, denied from purchasing a moment too many times, but anyway, um, it hasn't happened in forever. When, when's the last time we had a pack drop delay and when's the last time the site crashed because there were too many people accessing it at the same time, um, and with all the features that have been added and. Now that we've seen, like, the, the NBA finals experience that they did and the draft experience coming up, which I'm so incredibly jealous of the people who get to do that, uh, I think the vision is right in front of us. And although I wish maybe that my account value was a little bit higher and that maybe communication had been better a little bit in the past to let us know, like, hey, the market is about to be flooded. Be ready for this, you know? Um Things like that could have been a bit better, but in general, they have a vision. If you're not seeing the vision right now, you're either not paying attention or you're focusing too much on the money aspect. And if you're in this because you really love the product and you love the NBA and you love collecting and you see this as the future of fandom and the future of NBA collectibles, then I think you're gonna be happy and have a great time. But if you're in here to try to triple your money in a day, then those, hopefully that ship has sailed and you're not gonna have a great time anymore. But if I like yeah. I said, if I had to put a number on it, ninety, I'm pretty happy I mean, with how it's
0: going. I mean, I can definitely imagine a world, right, where let's say that I'm fortunate enough, I'm in the first priority queue for the legendary pack drop that's coming up this week. Like mm-hmm. if if I got that pack, would I strongly consider selling the pieces of it so that I could go get my Jimmy Butler running back? Absolutely. So, you know, but all of that is still focused within the lens of collecting and i do 100%. think that yeah and i i do think that like the this idea of quick flips i don't begrudge anyone you know for what they want to do with their own money but i i would uh, at the same time say that part of my reason why i didn't care about throwdowns being ev negative was that i felt like all of these packs for series 2 by the time we hit series 6 or series 7 are going to appreciate uh, a significant amount and I always envisioned this as something to hand my sons when you know my collection would be something i could pass on to them and it would appreciate so i think like my whole angle from the start was of one of patience. and you know i don't think that probably like i don't think dapper um necessarily is trying to build a product to help people you know go 4x on their money in a day i think they're trying to build something sustainable for the long term and Some people, unfortunately, got caught in sort of a a bad, a bad point with that. And I mean, every time before the bubble burst, I just remember going like, I think this, this is crazy what's happening with this. And I always had this sort of idea that it would at some point slow down. And that's what's happened. So you're, you're feeling positive about the future. I'm feeling positive about the future of Top Shot. Um, Chris, as we wrap up, Uh, I'm putting all your social in the show notes and I'll I'll have it in the outro, but anything, uh, anything else you're working on from an article perspective right now that you have cooking that you want to sort of preview right now before we get off?
1: I don't have anything too concrete at the moment. I'm probably going to look at a lot of stuff tomorrow. I have maybe like five or six pretty good ideas that I've jotted down into my phone. Um, So it's just a matter of going through and seeing what I think is going to be the best for this week. Um, But yeah, unfortunately nothing too concrete that I can share at the moment. So if anyone just wants to, you know, follow me on social media, you know, Otis Topsha on Twitter. I also take completely unrelated, but I take nice photos of the world out in, you know, right now out my apartment window in lockdown, but uh, I have an Instagram trying to get to a thousand followers there. So I'd appreciate that too. But yeah. I'll um, go ahead and drop the
0: handle for the IG here too.
1: Yeah, we yeah, will do. I'll, I'll text it to you at the moment. Um, so yeah. Other than that, just follow Packard Media. I think some really, really exciting stuff is coming. I genuinely could not be happier with how our first week has gone and you know what we have cooking up for the future. I think this is going to be a great partnership for all of us going forward, and I, I'm super, super pumped.
0: Yeah, me too. And if you, you, you know, unfortunately for you, you can't see the video, but Chris Otis has a world-class beard that. James Harden himself may have beard envy of what Chris Otis has going on. So unfortunately, no video podcast in this edition. But Chris, I do want to thank you for coming on. And uh, I'm really glad to be working with you on this Rick Media Venture. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining NFT today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me, man. I'm just hoping that I don't end up uh, getting followed by Ashton Kutcher or something like you were planning on. We'll see.
0: (laughs) The power of the internet, my friend. It's I'm trying to manifest these guests, and it it happens so crazy. Like yesterday, it was Micah Johnson coming on tomorrow, which I'm super super excited yeah, about. So cool. Yeah. So I'd be that's the, the combining our voices kind of helps us get access in that way. So it's been great, Chris Otis. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, man. Have a great day.
0: I want to thank Chris Otis at Otis Top Shot for joining me on this episode. If you're enjoying the work of Chris Otis, please check out him and the other Pack Rip Media contributors at medium.com slash Pack Rip Media. Again, we'll be back with uh, Micah Johnson episode later today. And then we'll be hitting you again with the At Desert Mentor episode later this week. Without further ado, take care of yourselves, Stay safe. Talk to you soon.